Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. All right, guys. Welcome to today's show. Now, this show is a real treat. I love having all kinds of guests on, but these are two guys that I just never envisioned sitting down in person doing a podcast with. And the fact that it happened up at Bowfest this year was pretty incredible, and I think you're really going to like it. So on today's show, my wife and I sit down with Nate Hosey and Michael Waddell. It seems weird even just saying that, like the fact that I sat down and talked all about hunting and the outdoors with these two. This was a fun episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. But a quick update before we hop into this episode. Here in Missouri, season has officially kicked off, which just blows my mind that we're already into fall. I've got a bunch of trips coming up. I've got hog and deer down in Georgia, then I'm heading up with the XOP crew and a bunch of others up in Wisconsin. Those are going to be awesome. But here in Missouri, I hunted a couple times at my home property, uh, the 25 acres that I bought in January, and I've had a few bucks there that have come in during daylight recently. Now, my number one target buck, I've I've nicknamed him Mr. Clean. He's just a beautiful, typical eight-point, wide, tall, heavy He's an awesome deer, for sure. And if I could get him on my property, that would be amazing. Here's the problem. He came in the other morning at 2 a.m. I went out to my stand around 5 o'clock. Get up in my stand. I'm getting set up. And basically, it's just a full saddle setup. But I already had the platform hung. I had my bow hanger in the tree. I had my sticks. All I had to do is climb up and get harnessed in hang my bag, hang my bow, that's it. Not much moving whatsoever. Didn't bump anything on my way in. And as I was like taking my headlamp off or something, it was, I mean, the smallest amount of noise, I just hear a deer blow out of there. I mean, it didn't actually blow, but it took off running. And it made me sick to my stomach. I still don't know what deer it was because it was so dark. I'm just really hoping it's not him. On a different note, I have had more shooter bucks on camera this year than ever before. In fact, I had one, if you've looked at my Instagram lately, I posted about it, an absolute freak in a huge bachelor group of bucks. I saw this deer last year, the final day of season. He showed up on trail camera, of course, 30 minutes after season ended. But I'm working on access to properties all around where I had that camera hung because he's not a homebody there. He was just passing through. In two years, I've got two trail camera pictures of him. So I've got to figure out where exactly he's hanging out because I would guess that's a mid-170s deer, which is unheard of down in my neck of the woods. On top of that, I've had every day that I've hunted, I think aside from this morning, I have had daytime buck activity on a different camera somewhere else on my property on a different property so i think september is going to be the month that i fill my first of two buck tags here in missouri fingers crossed i don't want to jinx it but 
I think it's going to happen, and I'm going to keep you guys updated. Obviously, you're going to see it on Instagram long before you hear the podcast. But as soon as I get one on the ground, you better believe I'm going to be doing a podcast about it, talking about all the details, how it played out, and I think you guys are going to really enjoy following along with the process. So, brief update on, on Missouri. I'm heading out of state a couple times in October. Actually, I think three different states in October. More states in November, some in January. It's going to be a very, very busy fall and winter for me. But that just means a lot of good in-person content with the people that I go and hunt with. So, without further ado, we're going to hop into this episode with Michael and Nate. Like, he was doing things that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like, we would be okay. All right, guys. We are here at Bowfest, and I've got Nate Hosey and Michael Waddell. This kind of seems weird to me because, like, I do a lot of over-the-web over interviews and stuff like that. But, like, having you guys, people that I grew up watching. I remember <laughs> one of my first ever videos that I watched of hunting was you on a caribou hunt. And I remember a cow came right in front. I don't even know. Is that the name of a female caribou? Yeah, I, that's what cow? I call them. It yeah. was like you were on <laughs> a right, log yeah. or right behind a log, and it was right in front of you. And you, like, scared it. You were like... Hey, how's it going? Or something like that. <laughs> and I was like, that dude's awesome. Like, I want to hang out with that guy. He's scaring caribou. Yeah. <laughs> Matter of fact, I think I know that particular hunt. Yeah, that was my first caribou hunt years and years ago. I was a Ralph and Vicky Cianciarulo up in Quebec, obviously. I don't even think you can hunt in Quebec right now for caribou. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, I think a lot of the caribou stuff's shutting down all across North America. I mean, Alaska's still yeah, open. Yeah, I, I haven't put a lot of time researching. I'd like to find out more. I, I know they had a lot of problems. Some unexplained but uh but yeah like in the early or the late 90s through the 2000s i mean that was the yeah. go-to fun adventure destination that was going to be pretty much guaranteed a fun hunt good yeah. chance killing a pope and young animal but you were still way back country it was the ultimate fun hunt yeah. you know and i'll Goody. be honest like since we started with headhunters that's always been a kind of a bucket list for me is but there just hasn't been the opportunity to go anywhere that you would feel confident enough yeah. you know or that the the herd is strong enough yeah you know so uh, you know talking about it, it it'd be great if they can come back around a little bit because no different than yourself you know growing up watching michael or different hunting personalities that i love i mean that caribou stuff when they get into that migration man that just looks wicked oh, that was and i mean they are they are some cool animals you know what i mean they're they're, yeah. they're, they're wicked looking i'd love to get the opportunity to you know get the pins on one here someday that would be sweet yeah. i mean I just like adventure. I like doing new hunts, things that I've never heard of before. I yeah. talked to a guy not long ago, and he blowgun hunts iguanas on retaining walls down in Florida. I'm like, if that's not the most redneck thing, like redneck yeah. engineering, yeah. he hooks a fishing line to it like you're bow fishing, but the dart of the blowgun. That wasn't Tim Wells, was it? It wasn't Tim Wells. It was, <laughs> this guy just yeah. does it for, uh, uh, like, pest control. Yeah. He's yeah. like, dude, you got to come down here and that's try cool. this. And I'm like... Hold on, you're shooting a dart that's hooked to a line, and it's like eye level. I, I'm like, I, I yeah. just view, it, get, view right. it getting caught and like coming back at me, but I haven't done it yet. I just like new opportunities, finding out what people are passionate about, and go yeah. check it out. So that's right. I, I think that's just it. New opportunities, new adventures. It's like not just about you know what you maybe come back with to put on the wall or to put in the freezer. It's just really 
the yeah. adventure itself, who you meet, the culture, the vibe, and everything. Yeah. That's what's cool about here at Bowfest is just so many families. You got some people that are pretty serious out there keeping score. Other people walking around with a, with a cold beverage and laughing. One guy come by me and he had just he had some doors blasting on his Bluetooth as they were shooting. It was fun, <laughs> nice. you know. Yeah. Go and get a hamburger, cheeseburger, grab a grab a, a you know cold drink, whether it be a you know a Coca Cola or a cold beer, and just yeah. keep on rocking, man. It's oh just yeah. Little everything. Yeah, that's some of the nicest people you could ever meet up here too. You know, yeah. over the years, and they they've been accepting to our concerts, which proves they're nice people. You know what I mean? Yeah. They act like they sit out there and they, <laughs> they love it like you were rock stars. We got we think we got canceled today, but outside no. of that, yeah. you know what I mean? We're we're all good, but like you said, I mean, this this is such a great place to come up and, and be a part of such a strong hunting community up here uh, in Wisconsin, and you know, obviously a lot of people from Minnesota as well. But it's a it's a special place to come out and hang. Yeah. What what did you guys grow up doing? I mean, because obviously now at this point you've traveled all over, hunted all over. What were your roots? Was it deer and turkey or what? I mean, for me, honestly, when I started, uh, when I was like five years old, obviously you couldn't hunt until you're twelve. When I was five, my dad owned a printing company and a lot of different business associates and stuff. And my mom's dad, uh, my grandpa, was a huge hunter. My dad really wasn't a hunter growing up. And uh, so my grandpa was always on him like, hey, we need to, to get with these guys. One of his friends had a preserver. They would put out like pheasants and they'd hunt bird dogs over pheasants. And, you know, you'd, at that time we had a lot of grouse. You'd hunt grouse, woodcock. So earliest years of my hunting, I started out hunting over bird dogs and would go out with them every year. I had a little Orvis cap gun. And, you know, anything that took flight, I'd be busting caps at and, um, you know, really got into that scene. And then as I got a little older, you know, I'd start going with my grandpa for whitetails. And when I was probably, I don't know, 14 or so, my neighbor started taking me for spring turkey. I killed a turkey in the fall when I was 12 with a buddy. And it was cool, you know. But once I started hearing a, a turkey gobble and stuff, I, I really, I just love turkey hunting. You know, that interaction. Yeah. Instead of, like, deer, you're kind of defensive. You know, you're so offensive with turkeys. Yeah. And so kind of took to that. So, you know, earliest you know, was bird dogs and then got into whitetail and then turkeys. Okay. Yeah, for me, I, <clears throat> I grew up in Georgia. So it's funny, I, 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 you know, I can't even remember back when I first started hunting. It just seemed like I was always around it. And, yeah. And, you know, growing up in a real rural kind of rustic area, you know, the earliest I remember is my papa. And it, it, and it was, you know, fishing, but we'd go fish creeks, but never threw anything back it was never even sport sport it was more about you know catch a mess of fish to eat that night yeah and um and i remember we would go hunt rabbits but it wasn't like your traditional with beagles he'd just we'd just ride around and find a rabbit out in logger road and he'd pop a few and we'd, we'd he'd go back and skin them out and that led to uh in our area um i remember you know i was i'm 50 now so i was born in the 70s and then late 70s early 80s the deer started really kind of going crazy around georgia some nice bucks and so my dad got into that but early on it was just shooting at stuff like yeah. rabbit squirrels yeah. you know walking around uh we used to have a decent amount of quail around there and we you could about flush a quail out of a you know sage patch just about you know if you walked around much and uh, now they ain't any hardly but anyway and that led into deer hunting but i you know i don't remember really when maybe around high school is when i remember thinking Hey, let's try to get a big one. Yeah. Yeah. It was just oh, like yeah. it was just hunting. It yep. was just like it was just trying to go deer hunting. And obviously, everybody was hunting out of permanent stands. You'd build them, you know, build them out of leftover wood. Dad was my dad was a carpenter or a contractor, and he'd build these old big permanent stands. Wonder we didn't die clawing them. <laughs> it'd be skyscrapers and a lot of clear cuts and stuff in Georgia. And we just get up there with thirty alt six, 
you know, that led to, yeah. I remember us buying our first bows, and my dad always had a few bows laying around, and I remember I went and saved my money one, money one summer uh, when I was 14. Actually, 13, I bought a Martin Pro Eliminator oh, nice. uh, bow. Hey, paid I, $200 for it. Martin was my first bow. Was it really? I had a Magnum Jaguar, I think. Yeah. And I loved it. But I loved the old, like, wooden stand stuff. You know, yeah. like, back when I started hunting, stands were like, all the rich hunters have stands. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, we're, yeah, if you bought if a you, lone wolf. If, or you, yeah. if we Millennium. had a stand, it was homemade with two-by-fours that were left <laughs> over from when we tore up our deck, you That's know? That's exactly And right. I sat on a bucket or a log or a down tree for years, and then one day I was like, you know what? I'm going to build myself a stand. And so I made two L's and a couple planks between it and ratchet strapped that sucker to the tree. And then I just found it. I think we were at a yard sale, and there was an old wooden six-foot ladder. And so I bought that. Leaned it up against the tree and went and sat in that. And, yeah, talk about lucky you didn't die. You know? Redneck lock on for sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's <laughs> There's no limit to what guys will hunt out of. Yeah. I mean, what, seen some pictures of some redneck tree stands. Oh, yeah. A school bus flipped upside or flipped upright and sitting on top of that. And everything, it, things definitely were not as technical. Like, I, I don't yeah. remember early. when I, I remember when I started rifle hunting when I was about 11 or 12. And in Georgia, you can pretty much – come off breast milk and start hunting you don't have to really actually you don't you're not required to have anything not even a hunter safety course or really a license you do have to now you do have to go online and register your kid like like literally like showing that he is yeah (laughs) social security number and i'm taking this two-year-old hunt you know that's it but um no he shot the big yeah he shot the big buck 30 about six and i'm sure a lot of that happens you'll have a kid Dad, turkey season yeah. on youth day, pushing a stroller. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I remember just walking up my Uncle Morgan's barn, and there'd be six or seven folks, you know, up there, all have their rifles. And the back end, everybody had on coveralls and some Texas steer boots, you know. And yeah. Like, hey, man, where y'all want to go? And it's like, man, I was thinking about going to the platform stand. Well, I was going to Holler 1. If ain't nobody going to get in there, yeah, okay, if you go to Holler 1, I go to Holler 2. And I never, and, and you know, you just walk off and, then, you know, there you go. Nate would go down to Hollow One, and I, all right, I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna go to platform stand. Never was there a discussion about which way the wind. It's like yep. we all, we all just went to the stands that were permanent or built. Yeah. Uh, and and you'd go sit in them, and I remember sitting up there in daylight, start coming, and and all of a sudden, boom! You hear a shot, like, dude, I believe that was, I think that's Scott Steiner done yeah. shot. <laughs> yeah. You know, he said he was going yeah. to the watermelon patch, and, and and it would just eat you up. And I remember that joy. Maybe I hadn't even seen anything, but thinking I've heard two shots, and I think it was my uncle Jeff and Scott Steiner, and and just couldn't wait, thinking we probably got one, somebody yeah. got yeah. a deer, and and literally meeting back up and couldn't text. Oh, back just then. like yeah. Yeah. You couldn't text like, back yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, no, you the shot? No, <laughs> you know? no text. Just sit there thinking. We didn't even have the little radios, but I remember <laughs> meeting back up. We like, was that you that shot, Uncle Jeff? Yeah, I shot, man. I think I got him, man. He, <laughs> he looked like a pretty good buck to me, and just be fired up and walking over there and yeah. finding blood and finding a literally it'd be a little old year and a half old seven pointer <laughs> and we would just it's like we killed a deer yeah like yep. eight of us went in like what did y'all got we got two yeah <laughs> it was right. never it was never individual yeah, it was no it was not individual it was not and then you know usually that would result in a big old breakfast and we'd laugh and a nap on a saturday watching football maybe and uh i don't know i mean we still try to keep that vibe alive i think in our camps but um I don't know. I don't know if it'll ever be that. I think some of the younger things is happening. It seems like that's getting more prevalent. I see a lot more uh, 
you know, I use the hunting public as an example. It seems like it, yeah. they, there's a, you know, uh, even what you guys do, you, you know, where you're really pushing the adventure and the experience. It's not ne- sure. We all want to get a big animal. Who yeah. don't want to get a big bug? Yeah. Who, yep. I mean, you, you know, we, we can act like we don't, but if you're in Iowa, there's a party like, <laughs> dude, I might have a 180 inch deer walk. Yeah, out. So sure. you're kind of yeah. jack, whether sure. it's on public or private, but at the end of it, my most fond memories are those times where it was we, it was a group, mm-hmm. and sometimes I was a lucky dude that a little eight pointer or it was doe day and a doe walked out and I got to be the, you know, young guy that popped one, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and uh, so anyway, I, I love that some of the stuff that's happening, they're starting to recapture the experience and, you know, the camping and the hanging out, getting ladies more involved, bringing yeah. the kids to camp and, um, family you know, oriented. Yeah. And it's not just about how quick you can get the scorecard out yeah um and because i think a lot of times that part of it can lead to a little depression and uh take you away from the true roots of it not that i'm against it because i i certainly score some deer every year yeah, yeah. i mean we always you know we call and text you know you and i will nate hey that yeah. was nice what that deer score oh he's like 151 or whatever nothing wrong with that but i also people see people chase it and they they will have enjoyed it until they scored, and it wasn't yeah. up to what they thought. And then they're kind of down and out about it. Yeah. I'm like, dude, no yeah. way, man. Your, your lady was there. Man, it was fun. It was a good There's weekend. No you know, your favorite That's football true. team won. You got you a nice book. Just, I don't know. I see people get caught up in that a lot. So. Yeah. It's one thing to enjoy it and like, man, I want to shoot a big buck. But to forego, like, the tradition, the camaraderie, the fellowship yeah. out in the woods or at hunting camp, whatever it is, elk, deer, and duck, I, Yeah, and I think it. it's like, like you said, I think a little bit of it is like, because I know that when I started, you know, Randy had been coming off of Whitetail Freaks, and Randy would tell you this, like, when they first asked me, you know, like, what do you think about being, like, a personality? Because originally with Headhunters, I was just on the production side. I was going to help film. And I was like, listen, like, I have, I, you know, I will come in and I will do whatever you want me to do, but I don't, I'm not worried about whether or not somebody thinks that, you know, I'm a great hunter or anything mm-hmm. like that, as long as they know that I love it. And I want to yeah. go in there and, 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 you know, I'd never shot a big, deer at that point at any point in my career you know in in pennsylvania or anything like that you know so had had the opportunity over the years to take some great deer but like michael said some of the greatest reminders of what hunting is has been you know getting to share the woods with my little boy this past year you know he took his first uh buck and his got his first doe got his first turkey and you know there was the part of me inside that i knew there was these couple like little eight pointers that have been coming out in the food pot all day And, and then that part of me almost tainted it to an extent to where i was like hey Hey, there's a good, there's a, there's been a nice eight here. And yeah. one day Cruz just looked at me. We had hunted two or three days. He said, dad, I'm tired. Of you not let me shoot these good bucks. Aww. Yeah. Right. And there was a deer that he called the fighting for. Yeah. And as soon as he said, I, I said, you want him? He said, yeah. I said, let her bark. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it was a reminder to me too, of like, you know, to him, just like the other day, I took it home. He had as a big mule deer of mine that he loves in yeah. his room. And I put that up. He said, look at him, dad. He said, it's bigger than your mule deer. You know, and, 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 he, and that he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's exactly what hunting is. You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? You're exactly right in the way that, and you guys have always done that. I mean, thinking back to when, like you said, I mean, I grew up watching Michael as well. I mean, you know, I was never sitting there and I was like, hey, man, did you see that, that 164 Michael killed this year, that right. last week? Yeah. On, on that, I never one time ever did. Now, now, of course, every now and then, you know, your big deer in Kansas, the first big one you kill, you know, come over that fence that you shot 20 yards. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course, you're, that's going to happen. But it was never a, hey, did you guys catch Bone Collector and see that one, yeah. you know, 170 that Nick killed? You know what I mean? I don't even, does Nick even score his deer? I don't even know. Nick, yeah. <laughs> Nick, <laughs> Nick, now, Nick, we, we, we have labeled him the game hog. <laughs> we, we'll have this conversation as we're talking about, you know, just good breakfasts and getting the ladies involved. Yeah. And, 
just having a good time and all Nick's over there. He's the first one to hijack everybody's computer and start looking at all the trail cameras. <laughs> <laughs> like, where are you going? Like, don't worry about yeah. it. <laughs> we call him the game hog. Yeah, game Nick, hog. Nick's all about the big – he's like the biggest taxidermy freak you'll ever meet. Like, all he wants to do is mount – like, he, he, would, he would ask – he would ask, what are y'all going to do with those sheds? Yeah. He'll try yeah. to steal them, take them home with him. He just loves I got an antlers. extra cape. I'll mount those for you. Yeah, yeah. he, he yeah. will. He, he would literally mount it. He'll mount everything. And um, so so Nick definitely. I have to, I have to, well, I have, me and T-Bone have to get on Nick all the time. Like, Nick, quit being a game hog. <laughs> trying to get, Once again, trying to hijack to get the best stands to kill the biggest deer. But, uh, that's that's, funny. Yeah, you guys have got such a great team. And, and even, you know, with Headhunters and Randy and Scuba, I mean, I think that's the heritage that you want to promote, whether yeah. if it is on television or, you know, YouTubes or whatever it is, yeah. it's just that heritage of camaraderie, you know, having a good team of people around you, you know what I mean, and that celebrate it and enjoy it and could have fun with one another, you yeah. know what I mean, like, like they do in their camps and like we try to do in our camps. And, uh, you know, because I think that's what will make the heritage survive. You know what I mean? A 200-inch deer for everybody isn't going to make it survive. You know yep. what I mean? The atmosphere that, that hunting is is what is what makes it. All right. How many of you guys hate dealing with tangled up rope? Trying to untie it. It's all knotted up, and you actually really need it at the time. Don't raise your hands because I obviously can't see you. But those days are long gone. Rapid Rope is a quick deploy rope solution that you can pull the length you need and cut it all with one hand. You don't need knives or scissors or a lighter to singe the end because it's cross-threaded to keep it from fraying. Yeah, they've thought of everything. And this is way stronger than your average 550 cord. In fact, this is 1,100-pound test. It comes in a shatterproof canister that you could fit in the cup holder in your vehicle or your backpack or... I don't know if you still wear cargo pants, any one of the thousand pockets that you have. It comes in a 120-foot canister, a 70-foot canister, and you can get a rope refill. So just in a matter of seconds, you could be deploying and cutting rope with one hand again. So if you want to stop dealing with the headache of untying rope and detangling everything anytime you need to tie something down, go check out rapidrope.com and use code NOMADIC for 10% off at checkout. All right, I get asked all the time, so here it is. This is a list of my go-to optics for the fall. First and foremost, I've got my Fury 5000 range-finding binoculars from Vortex. These things go with me everywhere, from hiking and floating trips to fishing trips, and obviously on every one of my hunts. I love these because I can basically replace two with one. I don't have to carry binos and a rangefinder when I've got it all built in to one awesome piece that fits right in my bino pack. Next up is my Razor HD spotting scope. Now this goes with me on all my Western hunts and I keep it in the truck all fall if I want to glass a field or do some scouting on a current property that I have. You can't go wrong with any of the spotting scopes from Vortex, but the Razor HD is by far my favorite and I'm excited to check out the new mini Razor HD. So if you want to see a list of the amazing optics that Vortex has, head over to eurooptic.com. That's E-U-R-O-O-P-T-I-C.com and enter code NOMADIC10 at checkout to save 10% off your Vortex order. Now, let's get back to the show presented by Vortex. Down in Missouri, I make it a point. I try to hunt with like 20 new people a year. 
and that's not Man. like brand new hunters, but like I want to hunt with people I've never hunted with because I just love seeing other people's excitement for things. Yeah. And so like we're blessed that we've got some property, it's private that we can hunt. And my buddies are like, dude, you got some big bucks out there. Why do you keep inviting yeah. all these people? Like, I'll talk to some random guy from Florida who's never deer hunted, and I'm like, dude, come on up and shoot something. Yeah. And I'm like, it's about the fellowship. It's about that camaraderie. It's about making memories. And they come up, and I'm like, shoot what you want. If it gets your heart, heart pounding, if you want to pull the trigger, go for it. I don't yeah. care. Yes. After your first one, we're going to change things up a little <laughs> yeah. bit. You know, like, you can yeah. hop on board with the management plan. But as a whole, just getting new people, and those are my favorite hunts, like taking her mm -hmm. out on her first hunt, even yeah. though. I put a really <laughs> janky tree stand up, and she didn't. She wasn't <laughs> real was happy with sketch, me about but that. I survived. But like taking my son out, he he couldn't care less. Like yeah. he was he was having fun drinking hot chocolate and eating Twinkies that we got at yeah. the gas yeah. station. Yeah. And I'm looking at a bean field that we can see every inch of, and all of a sudden he'd pop up. I heard a deer, and I'm like, "You did? Where is it? You know, play into it. Let's yeah. let's yeah. poke our head out. Look I heard around. a big one. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, of course, we never we didn't see a deer. Like, the one day I go hunting and don't see a single deer this year, oh, it's yeah. with him. But he had the time of his life, and now he's like, when can we go hunting? We see a deer right. on the side of the road. Dad, shoot that deer. I'm like, <laughs> well, I can't do that 70 miles an hour on, on someone else's property. Yeah. But yeah. He's pumped. I know one thing. I, I've got a heck of a lot of respect for you taking that approach. And uh, and a lot, of, a lot of people are not taking that approach. Matter of fact, you know, there's been all these – seems like in our hunting – industry or the culture it, it has all these little vibes that it goes through you know culturally and and now it, it's kind of good and bad it's gotten very uh i don't know if the word's granola um i don't know if that's <laughs> yeah. the best i don't think that's the best word that describes it but it's it's a, it's a very it's liberal in the sense of just you know let the animals win and stuff like that and and i too i mean holy cow the first thing you do if you buy land i mean i've i've spent so much money on my farm, yeah. from feeding protein yep. to putting up new stands, putting in new food yeah. plots. I mean, even my wife is like, Michael, what, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, you know, you, next thing you know, Same. I got a veil mulcher out there. Well, like, why, why do we need yeah. this expensive piece of equipment yeah. to make another food plot? And so you get so addicted to, to making the wildlife better. So you're certainly trying to – you're letting them win. So, yeah. Yeah. But, but overall, that – same mentality a lot of that group is not for hunting recruitment and i think that's asinine and i think that yeah. your approach of taking somebody new and, and especially you know me you know man i'm 50 and i was unbelievably blessed like it's it's almost making me feel old when <laughs> nate or you would say dude i used to watch you you know when i was 12 or 11 and i'm like man y'all you know, you, I, in my pups. mind, I feel like, dude, we're the same age. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not older than y'all. Like, You're all out there. And then, and then we start running around these mountains. I'm like, man, y'all wait up this old man. <laughs> and, um, but inevitably, I, like you said, like to see new people get engaged and know that they're part of our culture. Some that might already be on the fence and then some that maybe never had experienced it. And I do think that having hunters and recruitment is what is going to save it. And so if you look at historically, even though we got a lot of nonprofit organizations and great game and fish departments in different states, um, I still think inevitably it's been the, the hunters, the paying the hunters themselves. that have preserved the wildlife. Yeah. So the mm -hmm. ones that hunt it, put it on their table, the same ones that preserve it. And so after we're gone, who's it going to be? And once there's less and less. So I think some of that granola atmosphere of let them win is actually a different way of saying – Actually, I don't want you to hunt or you to hunt. 
because I want to be more for me. Yeah. yeah. And so it's a selfish. It's almost like Absolutely. a campaign. We got a jar of cookies. Let's all quit eating cookies. Yeah. Everybody, <laughs> you're eating too many cookies. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody quit eating a freaking cookie. <laughs> And, and what they're wanting to say is, like, if y'all don't eat all the cookies, I can get more. Yeah. yeah. So I think that that's no, a little that bit. I think it's I think it's a bait and switch. I think oh, it's, for sure. I think some of it's very narcissistic. The, the root of yes. what they're saying, I think, is very good. But, you know, it's like going back to World War II. I think Joseph Goebbels, was he telling the truth or was he telling a lie? I mean, so you can twist it and you can take yeah. propaganda and twist it. So what I've seen, whether it's around the turkey culture or deer or hunting public and private, and, well, did you do it over bait? You do it over this way? The way I look at it is like, man, do it the way you want by legal. Yeah. That's the situation. I'm not competing with you. I'm not That's competing exactly with you. Right. You're not competing with me. When I hunt, I compete with myself. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm trying to get a deer that maybe, if I'm trying to kill a Pope and Young deer, that's for me. Yeah. It's not for me to think that you can say uh, Waddell's a little better. No, I, I, it's just because I'm proud, vice versa. I think if I can... You know, if we spend time talking or Nate or any of us, if, if y'all say, dude, you know, my goal, my dream in life is to get a 350-inch archery elk. So, yeah. dude, well, first of all, if you get it, it don't make me love you anymore. Yeah. I'm just going to love it for you and want to hug you and say, dude, you yeah. did it. I yep. knew you could do it. And you saved Celebrate. your money. You was in shape. You were shooting good. And look what you did. You shot a 350-inch elk at 60 yards with that bow, and I knew you could do it. I shot with you in both ends. So I just – don't make her love you anymore. You're yeah. not going to yeah. love her anymore. It's just congratulations. Yeah. Congra yeah. And, and, and that's sometimes the hunting industry forgets that. And sometimes the people who kill these animals, they'll come strutting in here like, well, everybody's going to freaking want a piece of me. Yeah. yeah. I killed that 180 buck. And yeah. I'm like, nobody they gives care you. Less. Nobody cares, homeboy. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> cares. It's that, like they'll congratulate yeah. you. I, and I saw that firsthand because I walked over here when we first started and I just took his hat off and signed it. And he was like, no, man, I just want to talk. You didn't see that I killed four yeah, 140s like, last year, bro. Yeah. So, I mean, you get to sign your hat. Right you know, he ripped it out of my hands. I was like, oh, okay, my bad. That's awesome. Yeah, that's what I'm going to start doing. I, I meet hunting celebrities, and I, I only get a signature from the guy who killed more. Yeah. Than <laughs> than I was telling somebody gear. last year at ATA, I was like, you know, with all the YouTube stuff, like, somebody's got to do a skit anymore, like, where you just walk in, but it has to be almost like how, like, they shot more at, like, it has to be off the cuff and like you just walk through right there. Thanks for coming. Just take somebody's hat. <laughs> I mean, like, and just go through 50 people, yes. sign their yeah. hat. Because, like, some of them be like, oh, yeah, no problem. Right? But somebody's going to get mad. Like, one person's yeah. going to get mad. You take that. Yeah. You know, there can't be any planning. You just grab it off their head. Thanks for being here. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and just see the reactions you get. You know, some people be like, thank you. And they'd be like, what the heck what is, is that? Yeah, they don't even know on? who that it was. It is funny, you know? man. I, I, yeah, some people get to beat in their own chest, and, I, oh, gosh. and that just trips me. I, I don't understand it. I, I even, uh, you know, this past year, Nate was in on it too some because, you know, I, I'd say I too like watching Nate and Randy, and, and especially Nate. I love Randy, but Nate, uh, Nate, I met Nate, Nate around turkey calling, you know, mm -hmm. around Matt Moret back in those days and H.S. Strutt and, and, uh, and that was my background. So my passion for turkey hunting is crazy. Him growing up in Pennsylvania, I mean, you're you pretty much, uh, you know, you, you're still celebrating June uh, Pride Week if you don't turkey hunt in Pennsylvania because <laughs> everybody turkey hunts. I mean, that's yeah. just, that's the deal, right? Yeah. No doubt. Um, and, uh, and so anyway, uh, so obviously if we go, you know, and we got a tag, you're, you're trying to kill a turkey. And yeah. so there's a lot of tactics and technique. And so you, you get a lot of ridicule based on how you do it. There was one particular guy hating on me really bad. And I finally saw him, you know, at a show. And I talked to him in person. I said, man, you, you know, you're bowing up on me pretty stout, you know, <laughs> on, on, online. But 
you know, two things. We can debate. You can try to swing, but yeah. just because I got a little gray in a beard, I'm going to hit you back. I'm going <laughs> to hit you back. You know, so as we talk, the conversation, I said, bro, I mean, why are you so aggravated? I said, is it, are you, are you mad? Are, are, is turkey hunting gotten so bad? And so I knew it before I said it. Mm-hmm. So I told him, I, t- I told him this and he didn't realize I baited him in. I said, are you just not good enough? And you think the turkey hunts are not what it used to be? Let's just say in Georgia, do you think you're not getting your limit anymore? And you think it's because of people like me? He said, well, first of all, I did get my limit. And, and, and I do think that people like you who are promoting this t- decoys and fanning the technique, I said, so you did get your limit? He said, yeah. I said, he said, I've got my limit every year for the last however many years. And I said, so you are a good turkey. Yeah, I am a good turkey, and I do it my way. And, of course, I just don't, you know. Yeah. So I, I said, well, let me tell you something. If I'm so good... Or you're so good and I'm so bad, but supposedly good because I'm killing all the turkeys to teach yeah. all these people. Guess what? I haven't shot a turkey in three years in Georgia. I said, so who's, killed, who's hurt more? Yeah. You're, you're mad at me that I made a decision that, yes, I shared with people. Here's yeah. a tip and technique that can work. Yeah. I didn't choose to do it your way or my way or any way that anybody that's yeah. been a mentor of mine has taught me because I decided – that I thought that I'm going to leave these turkeys. I said, my wife killed one. One of my kids, two of my kids killed a turkey. And we had already put a limit on what we were going to shoot based on our lease and our property. Yeah. And I said, you have went around beating your chest, calling me a clown mm-hmm. on how I'm killing too many turkeys and teaching people to do it. You have limited it out in each state. And I said, and I know you got an ego because I punched your button when I said, are you good enough? Or are you just not good enough to handle killing a turkey in low population areas? And he certainly jumped back and said he was yeah. on public ground. So this asshole is still running around hunting, killing turkeys, when whether other people who decide to use a fan, decoy, whatever, they can adjust the situation yeah. and say, well, I'm just going to kill one. So what yeah. makes him better killing three yeah. his way? whether it's with a tube call yeah. or an old Sweet 16 and some World War II camouflage or somebody taking a brand-new shotgun with TSS who only shot one. Yeah. So everything's in perspective. And so what I've learned in hunting, if there's a way, and that's just, again, getting back to Bowfest, what I love about it, you got all these traditional guys, you got shooters that shoot every kind of brand of bow, every kind yeah. of sight, and, and, and the romance or bromance of it is the fact that, like, dude, what's that sight you got? Yeah. Yep. You know, yeah. Like, what is that? Let me see that arrow, bro. You know, what is that? Look, man, is that a black widow traditional? Can I shoot it? And what happens is nobody's calling you a sissy because you're shooting, you know, a vertical bow that shoots over 300 feet per second. Yeah. You know, got the brand new Hoyt or Matthews, whatever it is. Everybody's sharing an excitement. So what happens through the love, you leave with these things. Like, you know, when I get back, I want to get me a, yeah, yeah. I want to get me a recurve. Yeah. yeah. I've, but you're not you're not shamed into it. Yeah, yeah. you know. I feel like it, it's kind of un, it's really unfortunate that it comes with the territory when you post anything about hunting online yeah. on yeah. any platform, you're going to get hate from somebody. Yeah. And but you're at an event like this, I don't see any knockdown drag out fights well, over who shoots a Hoyt or a Matthews or a 143 inch deer or a 190 inch deer. Yeah. Like it just doesn't happen. Like in from Michael's standpoint, obviously I've stayed close to it on that situation and, and like. I really try to stay non-confrontational, but yeah. I've even made some different posts about, you know, especially things that he's done or different things because, I mean, at the end of the day, like I said, I, he's my boy. I mean, I got the utmost respect. And in reality, you know, what a lot of these guys are doing is trying to trying to get his attention, right? Because yeah. the fact of the matter is, I'll tell you this. I mean, 
I've loved a turkey hunt since I was a kid. And a lot, I would say this, I've been around some of my favorite turkey hunters, Eddie Salter, Matt Moret, Paul Butsky. Yeah. You know, Mar- so these, like, these people are people that I grew up worshiping, loving their turkey stuff, some of the greatest. But if I were to say, if personally, a true turkey hunting innovator, right, that has showed me and a lot of people like me tactics that you could legally kill a turkey in, in, in a lot of states, it would be Michael. Like, yeah. I, I would say he is the number one innovator of turkey hunting, you know, in my opinion, if, of my, you know, childhood. Yeah. Like, a lot of great callers, great hunters, but, you know, somebody crawling out there with a decoy on their head and smoking a turkey. I mean, I've never seen this kind of stuff before. You know what <laughs> I mean? Getting out there and, you know, so, like, all these people are coming at him. We're yep. trying to go at him because the fact of the matter is they just want an ounce of his attention, right? Absolutely. Just, just you know, th- to try to discredit him in the idea of, are we honestly arguing about shooting a turkey in a legal aspect? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. like yeah, this really. is a yeah. legal tactic that is up to your game and fish. Yep. If, if it is a legal tactic and then you're going to jump on and make some sort of video to try to discredit him in any possible way, when you got to look at it this, he's done more for the wild turkey in his career than anybody on social media oh, yeah. that I know of today. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yep. It's like, oh, so you, it, it really comes down to a, a situation where it's almost comical to me. Like, I sit back and I watch these people and I think, hey, you know what? Maybe I don't know anything about turkey hunting. But another thing I know is, like he you said, he hadn't shot a turkey in three years in Georgia. I pay attention to the guy or girl who's taking everybody, mm-hmm. right? I've watched a lot of people hunt. Hey, guess what? Anybody can go kill a buck. Anybody can go kill a turkey. Yeah. But I've always gravitated to the guy or girl who's taking somebody, who's yeah. calling them up turkeys, who's yeah. taking, like you said, somebody on their first turkey hunt, sharing uh, that stuff you did with Theo Vaughn and all that stuff this oh, yeah. year. Yeah. And those boys, like, th- you are you are sharing that culture, right? And, yeah. Yeah. and for Absolutely. me to go on Instagram, post a turkey, you know, I shot a turkey, whatever. But you, the true hunters yeah. are the ones taking people, introducing people, hanging stands for people, showing them success, right? Letting yeah. them punch a tag. And that's something that he's always been the best at, in my yeah. opinion. I've watched well, him take more people for turkeys than anybody. So it's like, you know, that's where, like, I'm not really a social media fighter, but I, I'm coming if somebody's coming at him. Like, oh, yeah. I'm a little bit of my way because I'm hey. like, I, I'm, I don't, I just don't see that where you're coming from yeah. with that. You know what I mean? And I know what they're doing. They're trying yeah. to get his attention. Oh, yeah, yeah I get that. I, unfortunately, I fall into the camp of I like to troll the trolls. Like yeah, if I see yeah, someone, I'm like, that. like if a telemarketer, made. I yes. troll, troll. For real, if a telemarketer <laughs> calls me, my goal is to keep them on the phone as long as I possibly yeah. can. Like just let <laughs> yeah. it roll. Yeah. Or like someone says something, and immediately I'm like, all right, I'll look him up. Oh, this guy shoots Benelli. <laughs> Nobody shoots Benellis, man. Only only real men shoot <laughs> Mossbergs. Yeah. You know, like it, for yeah. some reason there's that weird culture online. I had a bunch of people. Uh, I bought a turkey fan, right? Like yeah. the umbrella with the turkey print. I was like, this is the coolest thing. It's got a spot for a GoPro. I can walk, I can crawl yeah. across the field, and I sucked with it. I was so bad. And but it probably run a lot of turkeys. Yeah. 100%. But it's supposed to be guaranteed, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right, and so I'm like, you know, I buy the gimmicky stuff I always do. And, yeah. But I was like, it's helped me kill a, kill a couple of turkeys. I have scared so many birds right. off. But I put it in a video one time, and this guy goes, real men don't reap birds. Yeah, oh, and yeah. I was like, I thought I felt a change down there as soon as it came in the mail. Like, I, yeah, it just, yeah. my manhood disappeared all of a sudden oh, because I've got this turkey fan. I'm like, who cares, man? Just go out and do it. I don't care if somebody just got done changing oil and wants to climb up That's in their ridiculous. tree stand yeah, or if they buy an extra washer and dryer to keep all their stuff sent free. I couldn't care less. Yeah, this is what I do. State, you do that. If it's legal in your state, what's the, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It is. It is. And, I, and I'm, I'm the ultimate. I, I think 
you know, the world needs more masculinity. I, you know. Oh, yeah. But Amen. there is a part of sometimes the male ego that can be obnoxious. Masculinity ain't noxious. Masculinity is, you know, let this place. I know she's a good hunter. You know, I've seen some of the stuff y'all do. She loves, <laughs> enjoys it in outdoors. Um, but let me tell you, she, she could probably, you know, I would want to take off on a sprint up this mountain. She'd probably beat us out to the top. But <laughs> if all of a sudden starts happening, you know, even, even though you're her husband, I can promise you every man here is going to make sure she's safe and these kids. Yeah. That, that's sure. masculinity. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the insecurity sometimes within men is obnoxious. And I think that's what we get into. You know, a lot of these guys who are having a tough time and maybe they don't have a beautiful life like you. Maybe they don't have the security to invite some stranger off the street and, and have a nice meal and, and share your yeah. property with them. Uh, I think what happens is they're bitter and they're mad. They're insecure, and they don't know how to say great job and to be sincerely happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. You'll find that as, you know, it can be your podcast as it gains, gains success and, and you get a chance to have a voice for the industry. You'll have people even close to you that all of a sudden start getting frustrated and like, well, dude, I, I remember shoot when you couldn't even shoot a bow. Like, yeah. what does that have anything yeah. to do with that? Yeah. It, it, it's almost like there is a problem sometimes of just a sincere – Congratulations, yeah. man! Hey, bro, Absolutely. let me give you let me give you a bro hug and tell you how proud I am of you, and what you would think your father or your uncle or granddad yeah. or just a close friend would. Yeah. It could be financially. It could be like, man, you ain't gonna believe it, dude. We got a sponsor, and it's first time ever, man. Yeah. We, you know, we, we we got we got some stuff, and we're gonna be into six figures this mm-hmm. year. And like, ah, must be nice, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Good for you, bro. You know, we ain't. I'm I'm still working down there at the elementary school. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, dude, I would have been too, but I took a chance. That's right. Can you just say congratulations? Can you just say it paid off? But I I think that's it. And I think the hunting part of it goes over. And just, you know, if they see you with a nice deer, like, okay, we're at. It's like the judge and jury coming. Public, private, yeah, exactly. high fence. Yeah. Was it corn fed? Was it bait? Was it vertical? Yeah, it's like a teacher. They're grading your test as yeah. they ask you the questions. Oh, okay, well, that's a mark against you. You used a rifle? Yeah. Oh, you used a 6.5 Creedmoor? Are you kidding me? Oh, oh no, absolutely it's, not. It's almost yeah. like that would be a good skit. I thought it would be a funny skit. I, y'all probably don't we remember People's that. Court, uh, but Judge Wapner, when I was a kid, you know, if you ever had a sick day, you'd sit around and watch Prices right now. Donald, 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 Y'all please stand. The Honorable Judge Wapner's in the building. But if you come in, it's like have Judge Watner come in and he just all flex stuff, you know. Be like, yes. So, this deer, public or private, you know, and at yeah. the end of it, Judge Watner decides, you know, of the hunting industry decides if if this young lady was, is she worthy? Yeah. yeah. And to come to find out, it was not it was not on public. It was private ground that was owned by her grandfather. Yeah. And it was in a bait state. Not <laughs> worthy. We, we totally Not need worthy. to make that. We'll have the two attorneys representing <laughs> both sides. One of them is going to be decked out in all the same camo. The other one's yeah. going to be in, like, muck boots, yeah. blue jeans, and, like, Walmart camo. And we're the only ones that know. We're the only ones that know. Like, you think about public or private. We are literally the only ones who know, like, as far as I know, there has never been a deer, turkey, elk, whatever you're hunting that has any idea whether it's on public or private. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. it just comes down to ground. And, and this is a true story. Eddie Salter, in one year, um, when I used to first started, I was doing a lot of field producing for HS. Eddie, I invited Eddie up to my place in PA. In one day, in one day, including one guy right from a truck that I got on video, we had three different turkeys shot out from in front of us in one day. And, and then yeah. we can only hunt till noon, yeah. right? So, okay, yeah, I'm on private dirt that others hunt, okay? Like, I have permission, knock on door permission. 
So is that different than public? Because I promise you, that turkey just got blistered out the car window. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's just as educated yep. as yeah. the one that got shot at on public. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? A turkey, when he's ready, I don't care where he's at. If he wants to come, he's going to come. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, that's the way it is. All right, if you're not using Tacticam's Reveal Cell cameras on your hunting property for scouting or monitoring the wildlife, you are seriously missing out. When you pair that with the Reveal mobile app, you can see the action as it's happening, no matter where you are. In fact, I've got trail cameras up in Wisconsin on the land that we hunt, and not only do I get pictures from those cameras sent to me, I can also track the progress of the camera, the battery life, how much memory is left on the SD card, and I can see what the weather's doing at the time that a picture is taken. So I can't think of a better tool for scouting, whether it is close to home or in a totally different state. So if you want to stay tuned into the action or just get into the action, go to revealcellcam.com or tactcam.com and use code NOMADIC for 10% off at checkout. If you're an avid listener of this podcast, you've probably heard me talking about Infinite Outdoors in the past. Infinite Outdoors is expanding access for hunting and fishing on private land across the country. From whitetail hunts in Missouri to waterfowl hunts in Wyoming and pheasant hunts in Colorado, they provide access to over a million acres of private land listings for all types of hunting and fishing. Best part is, it's incredibly easy to browse and book properties all on the Infinite Outdoors app. The app is free to download and easy to use. All you have to do is sign up and you can browse over 250 different adventures across 10 states. Download the app today and use Nomadic 15 for 15% off your membership. They want to survive. I mean, like, it, the debate is always, what, what do I do? If you don't do it my way, there's an issue, right? That, that, yeah, and that's we right. just have to get completely over that. And that's why, like, with the podcast, I said, I'm going to talk to everyday outdoors men and women, and I want to know what they do, how they do it. And there's no judgment. Like, yeah. I tell people all the time, until I try something, I don't have an opinion about it. The that's only thing exactly I want right. to do is I want to go and try it. You know, like, that's right. It, you, hu you hunt whitetails with hounds? I've never tried that, man. That's right. That seems insane. Like, I want to I go check that out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, then I can form chaos. an opinion. That's exactly But my right. opinion shouldn't be written into law, you know? Like, no, I'm, no, no. That's it, your personal The world choice. would be a mess if I was over and, all conservation, yeah, all hunting me. opportunities, you know? And you have enough anti-hunters as it is that come after you. It's like when you see the industry people or people that are supposed to be within the industry, you know, cutting at somebody or turning on somebody or something like that. I mean, I mean, what? Well, what is this? This is supposed to be a family of people out for the same thing. You know, yeah. people are going to, like you said, celebrate one another, uh, be there for one another. But when you have people, sometimes the worst people are the ones within the business causing the issues. Yep. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? It's not even the people who, yeah, I mean, if somebody says they don't like to hunt or fish and that's fine, you know, whatever, and they come at you, at least you could say, oh, well, they, they don't like what we do. Yeah. You know, but when the guy coming after you and who's cutting you and telling you, you know, how terrible you are is him what a turkey fanned out on his on his uh, Instagram yeah. picture that's a that's a problem you know what I mean like yep. that's an issue like we, one thing one thing two two things I, I'll add to that is um, one is like the public and private to me to me it's really not a debate because in my opinion uh, both can be difficult in their own way and if you broke broke it down like you know, I, I come from, you know, everybody knows if you read my bio, I come from a place called Booger Bottom, Georgia. Well, yeah. but, you know, honestly, it's not like a lot of very rich people. It, it's just what you would think. It's redneck, blue collar, cold beer drinking, yeah. hardworking uh, guys that, 
you know, uh, you know, a lot of different backgrounds of people. And, um, and so obviously we hunted and fished and we loved it and, and we didn't have a lot of land to hunt. And so we did have some opportunities hunting WMAs and public ground and hundred percent, it was tough. It made me a good hunter. And then we'd get in a, like a timber company lease, you know, be 500 acres, be 20 of us, you know, all paying $200 <laughs> yeah. a yeah. lease. That's probably why we had the platform stands like, where do we want to go? I mean, we are, somebody's going to kill a deer because yeah. we got every tree covered like PA or some places in Missouri, you know? And, um, so inevitably it was hard tactically and technically to hunt because really, really you can throw away technical and tactical because it becomes luck. If you're sitting in a tree stand, you don't know if it's going to be somebody hunting squirrels, which would be legal. Like you go up to Mark Twain National Forest. I Mm -hmm. I go up there every year. I bought some squirrel dogs up there from a guy um, named Danny. He's become a great friend and I I bought a little mountain feist and squirrel hunting's big. You might be deer hunting. It might be a pack of squirrel. Squirrel dogs come through and they're just shooting 12 gauges. It's legal (laughs) during deer season. I mean, yeah. Is it inconvenient for the deer hunter? Yeah. Yeah. He's not doing anything wrong. No. You're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. You cross paths, oh well. Like, it's oh well, yeah. Wish him luck. Tell him where the squirrels are. You know, I mean, typically yeah. you just tell them they're on the other side of Mark Twain. <laughs> yeah, they're right? not here. We the deer the are on the other side. That's but. right. But what I learned is um, that's hard. But, but I will say the hardest thing I've ever did, and I'm still in the process of doing it, was have my own dirt. You know, I finally, my wife and I got, you know, around 600 acres. And I tell people all the time, like, it's the hardest thing I ever did to afford it. I still pay a banknote every month. Yeah. I've been blessed to where I, I finally sure. got enough that I feel like I can afford it and the money I got put into it. And I certainly have got those deer conditioned in a way with my food plots yeah. and feeders no to yeah. where if y'all come, I can say, North Wind, bro, <laughs> put yeah. this young lady and you be ready. Six o'clock, yep. there's yeah. a good chance. I'm telling you, there's a good buck coming in here. They know it. But it took me so much hard effort, money, and sweat and tears to get to that point. So my point is, the deer hunting is easier. Yeah. But my God, did it take a commitment on my behalf and my wife to get to that place where we could have something like this. So sure. what's easy and what's hard? You have to, Everything's in perspective. Yeah. And the last thing I'd say on, the, on hunting, too, about that and how we criticize, the best thing I've ever done in my job and I hate to even call it a job, but it's going to these places and you get a chance to hang out and high-five, hug necks, meet the wives, the girlfriends, the husbands, and vice versa. And, and man, I've had a couple grown men that's come up to me and they're like, what ill? And, man, I'm what's up, buddy? Yeah. And uh, I had it happen here. And I was like, hey, man, what you doing? You, and he had a beer and it was interesting. Let me buy you a beer. I, I've been on the range and buy him a beer. And all of a sudden, dude. Tear and hug him. Be my age. Yeah. I mean, gray bearded. I mean, brawny. Yeah. Shake the hand. I mean, I'm talking about. Yeah. They ain't been in the gym. These yeah. suckers been lifting yeah. cinder blocks and uh-huh. shingles. Yeah. And and man, I get choked up talking about like, hey, buddy, thank you. Yeah. I'm like, what? What do you mean? He said, bro, I went through a hard time. I lost my dad. You know, I, me and my wife split up, and yeah. just a, you know this and this, and man, just uh, living through you and watching your shows and and to meet you and. You know, you buy me a beer. Yeah. And he said, man, I was in a low time. And it hits me. You never know these people you're crucifying. You don't know what this young lady's going through. You don't know what this man's going through. And people talk about privilege. There ain't no such thing. I don't care who you are, what color. There's nobody truly privileged to the level that you're not going to ever get around heartbreak. That's right. And and somebody that's disloyal to you or death in a family or something tragic or a vice that grabs you that, you know, it could be alcohol, could be drugs. Yeah. So hunting is more than just an animal. When you get people like you're talking about going into, there is no telling. This is 
you, you don't even realize how many people that you're being kind to that ain't even about being a personality on TV yeah. that you hug their neck and just spend some time with them and BS and tell jokes that you could have saved somebody's life. Because yeah. people get in ruts, man. And, yeah. um, and so I, I'm just never, I, I, I mean, we're sarcastic. If you're ever in our deer camp, you'll swear <laughs> we hate each other. I mean, I, you know, I, and it, I heard arm wrestling. We just jabbing and having fun, even walking the range. Or if a turkey gets in yeah. range and it doesn't get shot, it gets it gets bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My wife I mean, calls me the, me wife calls me the turkey Nazi. Yeah, that's, that's our Wi Fi login, turkey, turkey Nazi. Nazi. That's awesome. At family deer camp or even elk camp, I say, man, listen, if I'm not making fun of you, I've got a problem with yeah. you that's to some right. degree. Yeah. Like, I've been out with his prodigy. Yeah, Philip Phil Culpepper, Culpepper, like, oh my one God. of the greatest turkey hunters of all he time. Is a and great if I close my eyes, it could it, and he calls, it could be Michael Yelp. Like, I mean, he is dialed right oh. in and, and, he, and an amazing turkey. But I've been standing there thinking, like, man, I I mean, I've been a part of some quite a few turkey kills, and I mean I'm just getting scolded in the middle of the woods, but <laughs> Nate, Nate is a good he's 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 one of the best I've been with Nate. But I would say Nate, Philip, those guys are good, but you're right, Philip. Philip, uh, oh man. man! If anybody knows Philip Culpepper, he he's like, "Hey, man, hey, hey," you know. He, he's like, "He don't care if it's me or Nate or Eddie Salter. Yeah, he'll now, jump on in." Now, if you miss it, if you miss it, he ain't mad about it because he he's can't a, say nothing about it. Yeah. Like if you just miss the turkey, hey, we're good. But if that time a gun gets in here and skirts and you don't get him shot, you better just stand up and get ready. <laughs> and he only is coming. easy because he is a world champion of getting them in, but he is a world champion misser. <laughs> I was He's filming never, one time with never his killed a turkey on one shot. These, tur- these turkeys, I didn't even think they were coming, and I had the zebras on. I'm like, hey, we gotta shut these zebras off. He just handed me the camera, yeah. and I was like, yeah. I don't know if I'm in focus or not, right? Well, then he thought they spooked, and he he threw his stuff. He got mad. He left me and Drake out in the woods and just walked away. Oh, he's, so he's intense. He, he was two, three hundred yards away, and I was trying. I was like, <laughs> I call him. I was like, Hey, they're still here. Y'all go kill him. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Philip calls me January second every year. Hi, man. What you up to? I'm like nothing. You hearing any? Like no, no, no I'm not. I'm not scouting turkeys. You know, we we awesome. eating black eyed peas and cornbread. Yeah, and, you know, such a New Year's Eve, dude. bro. It's like no, turkeys are not goblin. Man, I'm telling you, it's been warm. They might be. Yeah. Like, but if they are, that's what, what are we gonna do with this situation? Yeah, if they want to be them? mad at him about the fan, they they they, they ought to be a lot more mad about what he created in Philip Culpepper. Let alone oh, the yeah, fan. Yeah. He's killed way yeah, more turkeys. If they want to be mad at me, be mad at. Yeah. What you created, created, yeah, yeah, and dude, he is—he is insane. Lethal. He's, yeah, yeah I, you see that footage you showed me this year. Speaking of the fan, you know, and, and like again, in some states, you got to know where it's legal or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, he had used it in one of the hunts. Everybody's like, that thing's hundred percent guaranteed. I'm not kidding you. He's easing down. He's yelping nice and soft. Turkey's gobbling hard. He gets down there some open timber. He shows them that fan. I've never seen this in my life. When I tell you, there's 15, 20 turkeys take flight. Oh my. I'm not talking about runoff. Yeah. I'm talking about he shows them this fan and they take flight. It looks like a damn wa- you know, like waterfowl leaving a field. Did yeah. Philip throw? I bet he threw everything oh, he had. He just, it's he, like the Blue Angels formation flying like, away. It was actually like silent because like even he was shocked. Like, yeah. They didn't run. They didn't putt. They flew away. Dang. I was like, well, there's your 100% success. There's your 100%. It's 99 right yeah, turkey, now. Turkey yeah. hit his soft yelp and he, he showed that. That's oh hilarious. Yeah, it's hilarious footage, man. Those really? birds outsmart me all the time. I hate turkey hunting, and I love it, and it's just 
I chased one bird all year long this year. Sounds uh, normally, like you need a lesson. Yeah, <laughs> normally I'll have. Then what part of Missouri y'all at? Y'all in spring? Southwest, yeah, Springfield. Okay, yeah, okay. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's, I mean, I've had I've had 100 turkeys on trail camera. I've had mornings well, he where I he likes to take new people, so we got a place this year. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen, ahead of, I need somebody who knows what they're doing because I'm an idiot. So you hear, you're getting all turkeys. You're getting oh, all yeah. We, oh, yeah, we get on them. And then as soon as I start talking crap about how easy turkey hunting is, they humble me, and I just strike out this yeah. year. But, like, I had 700 gobbles one morning last year. Golly. I had 25 birds in the trees right behind me. Not a single one came out. And I'm self-proclaimed the world's worst <laughs> turkey caller. But if I see a turkey, <laughs> I'm going to find a way to go after it. You, you dang know? right. I, dude, I will go all the way around to the road, up the neighbor's fence line, and just creep through the woods and go kill one. Yeah. But this year... This year was a struggle. It was rough. Man, it, yeah. it, it, you have those years. I give you a lot I'm of laughing. credit for sticking with them. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I'm this, is, this is why. <laughs> She's like, she always, like, the blow-up doll thing, you know, like I've got the blow-up turkey, blow turkey that blows in the wind all the time. We we made a TikTok about that, like me and my girl driving down the highway, <laughs> and I'm, I'm all decked out in my leaf camo with my blow-up turkey and just cruising out He'll to the woods. He'll come home, and, like, the next day he's like, okay, I'm getting up to go coyote hunting. I'm like, I thought a season just ended, and there's another season and another season. Right. Is he pretty tough? Is he pretty tough on you in the woods, like turkey hunt? Like be quiet, be still. Or? Honestly, like I've just started going out recently, uh -huh. just because we had young kids, and you right. know, like I couldn't. But I like to talk, so I'm like trying to whisper, and you know, he's teaching me. But she's he's easy on me. She's a workhorse, right? She like likes to go. So yes. I'm like, I think western hunting is going to be her thing, where She'll we can actually that. go after oh, yeah. stuff. Because we climbed up in that tree stand. And we're in there for like the seven and a half minutes, and she goes, "This is boring. Is this what you do all day long?" I, I said, like, "All day, every day, till I get one." I could and be she's washing like, the dishes. I could be starting a new business. I could you be, like, be too. Like so. twenty things. And that this was, is not quality times, like Step Brothers. Right. We could have so much quality yeah. time. <laughs> not doing this. We're not getting anything accomplished. Right. Nothing no, at all. No, it's still a great memory. It definitely was. Yeah, she's been enjoying it. But yeah, I'm not anybody new that comes out. I'm not hard on him. My son, I'm like, dude, I don't care what we do yeah. if we kill something not i want him to enjoy it yeah. right you know like if i can build that excitement for it and then get more and more serious about it yeah. that's that's fine with me because even he was we got out there and he goes dad what do we do I said, <laughs> we sit here and look around for deer two minutes yeah. go by he goes okay what do we do now <laughs> and i go well we just keep doing this over and over and over i try to be that way and i always start off that way and then i end up just turn it into a jerk like but but oh, yeah. it, it, I, if it's not a good day of hunting i'm not bad but like if it's all of a sudden in these moments that i know like you know the statistics run in my mind like okay this is it this this is it's going yeah. to happen this turkey yeah. is coming right. then i'm all of a sudden i go from just you know hey boy you like that turkey goblin it's fun i'm just glad you're out here with daddy to the yeah. next breath i'm like if you move i will pull your ear. <laughs> yeah yeah i will pull your ear off your head you're done. yeah yeah it, if you, <laughs> if you ever head. want to have that dirt bike that you want for your birthday <laughs> if you move now you yeah. will never get one out I just turned it that to the bird right there jerk. is going to cost you everything. if you yeah. want if Thankfully you want to blame him it. for one thing yeah. you could blame him for that mentality because <laughs> I've got it. Philip has it, and Tiffany. I yeah, will be he's as got affectionate it too. to my it. wife. It's probably most. Until, I love her, right? Yeah, I love her. But we have been in more fights in the turkey with you, <laughs> and I'll be out there like telling her, "You're just not focused. That's what yeah, it is. You're not, you're not focused." Right? She calls it my fast talking, you know. But again, like you, yeah. and I think it comes with when you take a lot of people throughout the year. Yeah, it's not that you're mad as much as 
You I know want the them to get it yeah. so bad. Yeah. Yes. Like for them, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I know that like this is it now. Yeah. So like you know that moment. You that's can right. read it. That's yeah. right. You're yeah. reading that moment, so it's like, Tiffany, right now, like I don't want a, a, a sunrise picture holding yeah. hands. Like <laughs> no. we gotta get to that <laughs> yeah. to that tree yeah. now. Exactly. No, I'm same way. Yeah. I'm not being like I'm not mad at you yeah. or mean to you, but in the that moment, like you, we so got to get this thing killed now. Yeah, you know? yes. and, and you can blame him for that because I think that's trickled down along the way. Philip, I'd Thankfully, say might be worse. Yeah, you know what I mean. But yeah, I've Phillip's got the worse. But I've been with Nate. Nate's pretty intense. Matter of fact, Nate Nate is probably what I would consider the nicest dude in the hunting industry. And he's sincere. He's so yeah. nice that you like you doubt Appreciate his sincerity of being nice. <laughs> he's like, dude, is somebody this nice? So I've had people ask me. It's like, look. You might not get this opportunity, but no, Nate is really nice. I said, if you ever want to see him be a jerk, just go turkey with him. That's, <laughs> yeah. exactly. That's the only that time exactly he's going right. to be a jerk. Oh, <laughs> That's yeah. where he's going to give you a little, like, telling you. <laughs> I mean, that, any Very argument. Nice. Oh, but yeah. that's going to be in a turkey. You need to calm wear. down. You need to calm down. Like, there's no like, calming down right now. That turkey, turkey should have been shot. Yeah. Yep. You know, well, we were waiting for footage. I'm not. We have two more tags, and I could see his head with the camera. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, ready or not. I'll tell you a funny story. So, talking about having a chance to take Caleb Presley with Barstool and. Theo, I so, love that. So episode. I was, in my personal opinion, my wife told me, said, Michael, look, when you take these guys, remember, they're city boys. They've never shot a gun. Don't be the turkey Nazi. And, um, and I took them down to a mutual friend. Nate goes down there. And this place is the best place that you will ever dream of hunting Osceola turkeys. Yeah. Lots of turkeys. The turkeys work, but they're wild turkeys. You know, so you just don't walk out there and like, here, turkey, turkey, and shoot one. You know, you got to work them. But if you have any turkey ability or skill, you're going to just about guarantee a chance to kill a turkey. Yeah. So we go down there, and, uh, and, I'm, and I'm being, in my opinion, nice. And um, there's a few times I kind of got on pretty hard, and Caleb ended up killing a turkey. Theo did not. And so uh, we was just with him last week, actually. Caleb and his wife we was up here in Wisconsin camping and hanging, and, and uh, Caleb and his fiance was down. So they had this... Uh, like nature walk is like it was yeah. a camp like a, a camp for kids and dudes yeah and and the couples and so they had all these activities and so one day was you could go on this nature hike and then you could go whatever go to this yoga class yeah. whatever so christy signed up so ended up her caleb and margaret were walking and caleb knows christy he said dude you know your, your husband man he, he's a cool guy but man he gets pretty intense turkey and said man he, he could kill somebody you know and, and she said she said is he that way all the time he said caleb he was so nice to y'all i was telling him to be nice he said you ain't you didn't see the <laughs> you know you didn't see the true turkey Nazi. That's right. So I didn't know she was telling the story. So I come back and Caleb and his wife were sitting there, a fiance, and he's like, "You had your wife when she was pregnant, crying because she wouldn't crawl under a barbed wire fence after walking three miles." And I said, "What are you talking about, like?" Dude, you had your freaking wife crying. Well, she'd have punched a tag if she did. Yeah, he said. He kind of said, she told me that you didn't want one bad enough. That's the reason you That's wouldn't right. call her. Defense. I do recall some of that, Caleb. I said, see, I was nice to you, That's buddy. right. So, oh, That's yeah. hilarious. I love that. That's amazing. Hey, I don't want to take up all of your guys' time, and I know we've got an award ceremony starting here yeah, in a second. Oh, nice. That's but right. I do want to thank you so much yeah, thank you. for yeah, taking the time to sit down. Thanks for the laughs. My face hurts now. I know. So, uh, you've, you've accomplished I something. I your wife. And now you made me look really good. I can be yeah, you, I can you got a gentleman. You got a gentleman. We're turkey on <laughs> Exactly. Now. I owe that to you. My kids have kept you up the last couple nights there because we got oh, their, no. their roommate 
roommates next to us, We're so my neighbors, kids have been knocking yeah. on their windows nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> so, so their They're romantic so getaway has uh, turned into this. Hey, my okay. young is banging on the window. We got his parents in our room now. So it's not as romantic out. with <laughs> parents in the room. I mean, we just <laughs> don't roll that That away. does create a different right. vibe, I'll be honest. It, it does. does create a different vibe <laughs> in the room. <laughs> well, thank again. you, guys. Yeah, thank you, guys, for having us on, man. I enjoyed it. Well, there you have it. I had so much fun chatting with these guys. And even as I listen back, my face hurts again from smiling so much, sharing all those laughs, hearing about their passion for the outdoors. It's something that I hope to do every single year up at Bowfest. And it's just so much better. Hopefully you guys enjoy hearing these in-person conversations, these interviews, whatever you want to call them, more than you like the web ones. Because I hope it feels like you're sitting right there with us. Speaking of, next year you could be. You should come up to Bowfest in 2024. If you're not already registered, you need to hop on and do that. And if you use code NOMAD24, you're going to get $10 off the current price. It's $89.99 to register right now for next year's Bowfest. But if you use that code, you'll get it for $79.99. Just so you know, this is only going to remain in effect until the next price increase. Because as I'm sure you know, with festivals, as you get closer to the new date, the ticket prices go up. So go do that. And who knows? Maybe you can come hang out, be on a podcast with me, or you can pull up a chair and watch me interview Nate and Michael again in person. Either way, I hope to see you there. I hope to shoot some courses with you or just hang out and share deer pictures or hunting stories, whatever that looks like. So until next time, guys, always choose adventure and God bless.